Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Is the Philippines still an agricultural economy? Who knew that a simple question like that could spark such a passionate debate online? But that's exactly what happened recently, when University of the Philippines assistant professor and economist J.C. Punongbayan published a post saying that we are, in fact, no longer an agricultural economy by virtue of farming's measly contribution to GDP. Even former Agri-Secretary Manny Pinyol waded into the controversy. I'm Franco Luna Puma Podcast. This episode is a snippet of my conversation with JC about the debate that he kicked off. So to start off, just bouncing off your thread on Twitter, why do you say the Philippines is not an agricultural country? I was just really commenting on something that I've been hearing for quite some time, online and offline that the Philippines is an agricultural economy when in fact it's a known fact in economics among uh, economic circles that we are not and that we are really primarily service-driven. And you can tell that from both the share of agriculture and services in GDP. So meron tayong na gross value added, which really just means yung relative contributions of these sectors to our total output. And uh, you will see that agriculture really has been contributing a smaller and smaller share to our economy over time. By contrast, services is really the main contributor to our economy in the sense that it contributed more than 60% of GDP in 2021. So if you look at labor force participation, and especially yung employment in the Philippines, you will see that as of uh, May 2022, agriculture accounted for about 22% of our total workforce vis-a-vis services, which accounted for 59%. So both in terms of labor as well as uh, output, service-driven talaga ang ekonomiya ng Pilipinas. Just to put it into perspective, what countries could be considered agricultural countries? And I guess, how different are they from the Philippines? What should the measuring stick for that term be really? You know what, actually, uh, what we're seeing globally is that fewer and fewer countries can really be considered as purely or majority agricultural economies. I would think, for example, some underdeveloped countries, for example, in Sub-Saharan Africa, and in Asia, still rely heavily on agriculture in terms of output and employment. Pero for many developing countries, especially the Philippines, middle-income countries, you will see that services really has dominated their economies. I think there are many in mainstream media and even the academe who still think we are an agricultural country. And It's interesting to me that we have certain, you know, natural disadvantages, yet the misconception is still very much alive. Where does that myth come from and and, and why is it so potent? Is it more of a cultural thing than anything else? I think it's a combination of factors, one of which would be the poor teaching of economic development 
in our basic education system. I would say that it's rather outdated. If you are still saying that the Philippines is agricultural, you may be referring to data in the past. So there was a time definitely in our history when uh, majority of our workers really worked in agriculture and agriculture accounted for nearly a third of total output. But if you look at output alone, you will see that even back in the 1950s, we were actually already service-driven in the sense that services predominated the economy even back then. Can we get your take on why it's dangerous to still have that misconception or why this thinking should matter to Filipinos? In what ways, for example, has that cultural understanding of the Philippines affected policy? Yes, definitely it means that policymakers should be thinking more of how to make agriculture more productive in the future, even with fewer and fewer people working in it. So that leads to a discussion of what types of investments in agriculture need to be pursued. But at the same time, I think policymakers should also be thinking of ways to protect, for example, service industry workers, especially with the rise of uh, the gig economy amid the pandemic. There are so many aspects of our economy, especially in the service sector, that need to be needs more attention, especially um, social safety nets and better labor regulations in this sector. But uh, we won't be able to do that if we still do not recognize that we are primarily a service-driven economy. Speaking of the government's investment in the sector, I did want to ask for your take on Marcos's promise of a 20 peso kilo for rice. Do you think President Marcos can make us an agricultural powerhouse again? You have to recognize that in the first place, there are natural disadvantages in the Philippines in terms of rice production. For example, in terms of the uh, arable land and the uh, total amount of land devoted to agriculture, especially rice agriculture in the Philippines, we pale in comparison to some of our ASEAN neighbors in the continent. For example, Thailand, Vietnam, etc. You also have to note that even now, the price of rice is hovering around 35 to 40 pesos per kilogram. That's already with rice tarification, which uh, was a law passed a few years back that resulted in lower rice prices. So, it's really quite difficult, if not impossible, to reduce the price of rice any further, especially 20 pesos per kilogram. And that was today's episode of Teka Teka. Again, I'm Franco Luna. This episode was edited by Presh Capistrano and produced by Kat Ventura. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to leave us a 5-star rating on your podcast app. It really helps get the word out about our show. Thanks for listening. 